This is the story of Marie Monnier and the Rose Street brothels. Back in the first half of the 20th century, Perth had a red light district across the railway tracks from the city centre. The newspapers called it the Rue de la Roy, and it was an infamous part of the city. It was a dusty and dirty street with corrugated cladding on its walls, windows and fences. Dust from the railway lines and from the steam trains that were still in service settled along the footpaths and road. Against the grime of the street, red cloth and front windows were a sign of the scarlet reputation of the precinct. The brothels were mixed in with factories, markets and small grocery shops. The police restricted motor traffic along the one-way street, partially so they could regulate it more easily, but also so that fewer people would wander along past the brothels. Roy Street was the main thoroughfare for the brothels, but the precinct also included brothels on James Street, Melbourne Road, later renamed Milligan Street and Lake Street. Marie Monnier was the most famous of the madams, but was better known as her public identity, Josie Debray. Few knew her full story and even fewer the circumstances of her former French life and her family there. It was best to be this way. The less people knew, the less chance there was of incriminating evidence being used against her. Across the decades, Marie came to know the secrets of the city but in return for not rattling skeletons in many cupboards of the high-profile people of Perth, she was afforded some privacy. Marie was a woman of discretion and an astute business person who knew part of the success of her business lay in being able to keep secrets, including her own. The Good Reading Podcast is brought to you by Read, the monthly book subscription that pairs a new release book with a pampering gift delivered to your door. There are new books every month and nine genres to choose from. Why not spoil yourself or give the gift of a Luxury subscription today? Visit luxury.com.au to find out how. Hello and welcome back to the Good Reading Podcast. I'm Heather Lewis and today we're joined by author and researcher Lee Straw talking about her latest book, The Petticoat Parade, a fascinating and compassionate look at the brothels of Rose Street in Perth, particularly those owned by the notorious Madame Marie Monnier in the early 1900s. Lee, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're most welcome. Great to be here. So before we get into the book itself, I wanted to talk about the term sex work, which you mentioned in the book quite a bit. It's a term that people might not be as familiar with as the less modern term prostitution. Why is sex work considered a more acceptable term nowadays? It's more acceptable because there was a fair amount of stigma that was attached to the word prostitution or being called a prostitute. So that social stigma was then carried by people who worked in the business. And so the idea was then to change it to sex work, to acknowledge that it is work and it's a part of the business of all places rather than outcasting it or stigmatising it. It's trying to bring this work back into the fold of, of ordinary business. And previously in your writing career, you've written books focusing on more devious criminals such as Kate Lee or those who fought them, like Lillian Armfeld. What inspired you to start looking at sex worth in Perth and in particular Rose Street? I think I've been fascinated for many years because I used to live in uh, Darlinghurst in Sydney. Um, and there were some really interesting women who worked in the business along Palmer Street. And, and this is still, you know, early 21st century working along the street. So I used to listen to their stories and it made me kind of get more of a human aspect to the work so that I'd always had an idea of Rose Street in Perth. So coming back to my hometown, I um, was still fascinated by, by that street. We've lost a lot of the buildings. So the street itself is not what it used to be. 
And as a historian, it's one of the things that it, it does trouble me that we lose that built history that's there. So with that goes the stories of the women. So I was really drawn into their stories by initially that Sydney experience, then also looking in my own, own backyard about our history of prostitution. And the scope of the book starts around 1913. Could you tell us a little bit about what the state of sex work and brothels was in Perth at the time? Yeah, look, in 1913, there's more police powers that have been created um, under the Police Act of the late 19th century. So the police are looking to have more control over the streets, over social order. And prostitution is one of those things that does garner a lot of interest because some of the women are working on the streets, so they come into direct contact with the police. So the state of prostitution at that time is that there's a real push to properly regulate it. There's a push to properly coordinate where the women are working. And so there's more and more efforts to get women off the streets and a toleration of their work in brothels because in brothels there's a level of understanding that not only can they be properly surveilled there, but there's more safety within the houses than there is obviously on the streets. So the state of play in the early 20th century is that it's tolerated to an extent by the police. There's still a lot of social stigma. People are writing into the newspapers and to the police commissioners because they don't want a brothel next to their factory or they don't want a brothel next to their house. So there's still that outcasting of the business that's there. But certainly there's more and more of an effort to acknowledge that by professionalising it, it's getting vulnerable women off the streets. And as we heard at the beginning, Marie Monnier or Josie Debray is the core of the book who owned much of Rose Street. What can you tell us about her and why did you decide to focus on her in particular? Well, I focused on Marie because as she's known as Josie Debray, she's a bit of a character around her. Like there are people who either knew her, had seen her, or heard stories about her. So if anybody knows anything of the Roy Street brothels, they know Josie Debray because she was this really flamboyant character. They reckon that she was the the first woman to have her hair peroxide um, in the early 20th century. Um, And locals still talk about it. So, you know, there was kind of this momentous story. And she was a character around the place because she wore beautiful European clothing. She had a very distinct French accent. Um, She was very recognisable. And so I wanted to focus on her as this kind of key colourful character and try and flesh out as much of her story as I could as this entrepreneurial woman who had a number of businesses who was having to deal with the stigma attached to that business while also having to avoid um, a lot of police detection and getting on the wrong side of the law. But in looking at Josie Debray or Marie Monnier, I actually was also drawn into the stories of other women. So she was a bit of a conduit into really understanding what other women experienced on Rose Street as well. What was your process of research to craft a really evocative perspective of sex work in Perth at the time that you cover in the book? Yeah, look, there's a lot of secrets. You know, we can only know so much because a lot of the um, the, the, the clients uh, along Rose Street, you know, they didn't share their experiences. They weren't telling people about this. Um, so there wasn't a lot in terms of very personal experiences of, of the brothels. I had a few people who came forward with their stories anonymously to sort of um, convey what it was like in the brothels, how the women conducted their business. So that was really quite useful. Um, but what I was able to do in terms of the research around it was to find the voices of the women in the existing records that we've got. So in our state records office, for example, we've got a, a, an inquiry into the Perth City Council from 1938. And a number of the women who worked in the brothels were brought along to testify there about 
living conditions, work conditions, um, health situations. And so you can actually hear their voices in the records. The other major way in which I was able to reconstruct what it was like was from the police records. So the police kept a lot of records in terms of their policing of the brothels, and they came to know the women really well. So there's a bit of a rapport in some of those records in terms of the police taking statements and what they're writing down about the businesses. But then, of course, you've got a newspaper press that loves the brothels because they're they're sensational. There's salacious stories that they can create. They can really get the reading public interested in these kind of titillating stories about brothel business. So there was a lot in the newspapers as well that that brought um, brought these businesses to life. And then also there's there's some oral histories that some of the um, women later sat down to share their stories when they were much, much older. Um, Joan St. Louis is one of them. And so our, her oral history as a brothel madam really brought business to life for me. In that process of research and writing, was there a particular fact or thing that you discovered that really shocked or fascinated you? I think what really fascinated me was the, I guess there's two main things. One was the extent to which the madams really looked after their workers. You know, sometimes we, we hear a lot of the the dire details of prostitution and the rise of organised crime in places like Sydney and Melbourne and um, some of those madams didn't always look after their workers and and some of the the women were sort of coaxed into the work. I found there was a bit less of that in Perth and that the madams actually were, they did run really tight businesses and those businesses weren't always linked to crime. They actually were businesses operating as brothels and while, you know, there's an aspect of how that is going against the law, we didn't have a history in Perth really of this being linked into organised crime. So that was something different. But what was really interesting is the, I think the genuine um, rapport that the women had with the police officers too. So it was an element of where the police were wanting to obviously control the, the brothels and make sure that they were doing their business behind closed doors. But at the same time, the women would go straight to the police officers when they needed help. When there was any threats or there was somebody who was causing trouble at the brothels, they would go to the police. So there was actually a really interesting relationship that was there. And what's the state of sex work and brothels in Perth at the moment? Well, there's been a bit of change, of course, in, in, in COVID situations and with lockdowns last year and then, of course, this year, snap lockdowns. So um, there was significant changes to the business last year um, in relation to um, the, the 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 loss of uh, obviously with clients um, and face to face and so I think not just here in Perth but I think um, internationally we've seen a bit of a change in in sex work in terms of now where more is online and so we now have clients who are appearing on screens and so there's Zoom and so on and that's another aspect of of, of the of sex work today and in the current conditions. I think we've still got a long way to go in terms of really um, protecting workers as well and really offering um, an understanding of, of the work and how it should be supported with particular conditions and pay conditions and, and, and also um, support for after work um, as well. There's a bit of a way to go, but I think we certainly have come far from where we were in the early 20th century. Um, and I would hope that people are more understanding of the fact that it is work. Well, a recent change happened in Melbourne, actually, Victoria, where it was decriminalised sex work, which gives sex workers the same rights as any other employee. Why do you think this is such an important reform for sex workers in Victoria? It's so important because it's it's treating people like real workers. It's, it's stopping stigma that, you know, I keep mentioning the word stigma, but it really was attached to the work for for, for many, many decades. And so when you have people who enter into this work to do the work, um, they want to be protected the same as any other workers around the country. 
And so I think that's a huge step for Victoria in doing that because it allows people to, to have safety at work as well. Um, have safety, have plans for the future, know that, you know, that you will be supported um, into sort of long-term plans and so on. I think it's a, it's a massive step forward and, and Victoria's done so well with that. Hmm. Well, on that note, what do you hope that readers will learn and take away from your book? I'd hope that they would really see the women as um, real people, you know, in the sense that you're learning about women who were the part of the fabric of Perth society, that they were conducting their work while it was always copying a bit of the pushback against it, the complaints and so on. There's a number of women who were really prominent business people at the time when there's not these opportunities that are really open to women. There's not a lot of work you can take up in the early 20th century. Um, as a woman. And so for these women to be running these businesses pretty successfully and Marie Monnier to make a fortune from it, against all the conditions that are working against their, against them, they did a pretty good job. So I'd really just hope readers to see the, see the women as workers, but also to see them as entrepreneurs, to see them as a part of the social fabric of society. And I really hope that I've been able to kind of humanise their stories, I think. Absolutely. Well, Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you. That's your most welcome. Thank you. This Good Reading podcast was brought to you by Luxury Read. Why not spoil yourself or give the gift of a Luxury Read subscription today? Visit luxuryread.com.au to find out how.